With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Tennis.com podcast, the Australian Open edition. I'm Ed McGrogan, here to catch up with Steve Tigner again in Melbourne. Um, Steve, the quarterfinals just wrapped up with uh, Murray going down to Federer. You know, something you and I have been talking about in the past couple days is really how this has just been a tournament of one big happening after another you know in particular this fourth round and quarterfinal stage just you know one big match and then you have no time to breathe and then you have another kind of big happening there it's just been you know a really uh i think a good way to start the year and something that has been uh kind of keeping us on our toes after so many tournaments of kind of chalk holding form yeah it's been a pretty exciting you know three or four days it really started with serena Losing to Ivanovic, then you had Cherapova losing to Sibolkova, then you had Djokovic losing to Vavrinka, and then today you had Azarenka losing to Redwanska. You know, each one seemingly a bigger, you know, bigger surprise one after the other, and sort of ended today when Rafa, when you know Rafa looked like he might lose to Grigor Dimitrov, but he um, he actually avoided the upset. You know, you thought he was gonna, it was. You know, it was going to be contagious and, and get him as well, but he, he, um, he held on. So, um, but that was also an exciting match. So it's been a, you know, it's been a good, really good second week. Yeah, and he, and you know, even after that, you have Federer beating Murray. You know, nominally by the numbers, technically an upset there too. So it's it, it's been quite a, a a series of matches on you know on Laver on the big stage here. Um, you know, certainly surprising to see. Azarenka and Djokovic surrender their streaks, you know, pretty much before the semifinals. It, it's kind of something you would not have predicted at all for both of them, I think, simultaneously to do that. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned Dimitrov. I think overall the guy comes off so well out of this. Um, you know, someone who put, casual fans may have only heard of for kind of the, the style of his, the flash, and you know, when you watch his match against Rafa, like you said, he he takes him to two tie breaks. He really has such a great chance to go up two sets to one. Um, and you know, you saw you know besides those really those choking moments, you saw a great serve. You saw really a taste for the battle, and you saw, you know, I think what people, why some people are predicting him to be really a top ten player for for years to come. Yeah, um, I think this was the day, and this was the tournament when you really saw some substance there. Beneath that style, um, I was, you know, I was, I had known he was getting better, and I could tell through this tournament. But I was really impressed with the way he, he was right there with Rafa, as if he was, you know, as if he was ranked number seven in the world. That was, 
you know, he was pretty much toe to toe. Not a lot of difference, you know, with with Nadal. So, you know, let's kind of get to what everybody probably wants to hear about at this point is now where Nadal goes next and where Federer goes next, and now they're going to play each other. This is their third Australian Open meeting. Uh, there was the 09 final. There was a meeting two years ago. Rafa's has won both. He's also won 22 of 32 meetings. Um, you know, maybe some early thoughts from you on this, because this matchup to me, this particular iteration of it is strange only because I think if you sort of polled people before the event and said, you know, Federer and Nadal might not really sort of excite in that in that way considering where we've seen Federer kind of descend to and where Rafa has taken himself to in 2013. But this has been a tournament where we've seen some of the best play from Federer in over a year, and we've seen Rafa even in victory, you know, against Dimitrov and even against Kane Shikori, um, really made to work out there. And uh, and you know, now it's kind of a, it adds a lot more of a layer to a match that you know doesn't really need a lot added more to it. Yeah, I think um, this now you would expect it to be much much closer than you would have at the start of the just even at the start of the tournament. Rafa beat. Roger four times last year. Um, he dropped one set. He, you know, a couple of them were complete blowouts. It seemed like the days when Federer could challenge Nadal were might have been completely over, and that the, you know, head to head was going to go completely in Rafa's direction. But first, you have Nadal who has blisters um, on his hand, and that's something that's that's pretty real and it's affecting his game. He said it affects his serve. He had seven double faults today. And at some pretty key moments, um, he's, he says it doesn't really affect anything else, but he has trouble holding the racket for his serve. Uh, so that's a big, that's a big thing, and he hasn't really played well in these last two matches. Uh, and you have Federer, who's playing better than he did all of last year, beating Murray for the first time um, since 2012, beating a, beating one of the top four for the first time since 2012, with pretty convincingly. Um, you know, Federer said today that he and Edberg had talked in the off season about playing Rafa specifically, and that Edberg had some ideas. I'm sure those, I'm sure those ideas involve attacking and coming forward because that's what Roger's been doing a lot in this tournament. I think, you know, obviously this is going to be the biggest test for Federer. He doesn't generally doesn't seem to believe that he can beat Rafa after you know all the losses he's taken. I think if he if he attacks, I expect him to come out and attack early. The typical thing would be him attack early, get a lead, and then the dog gets his teeth into the match and Federer stops attacking. I think the key would be if Federer can just keep coming forward, keep being aggressive, even when things aren't going well, that he can win this match. But he traditionally doesn't do that. I think that's a good point, especially after what we saw against Murray, where you saw Federer recede back into uh, that more passive stance and you saw what happened there you know we saw Murray take control of a match that he really had no business calling his way back into and it's going to be even harder with Nadal obviously you know I think you mentioned before that in in the sort of when people talk about what Roger should do against Rafa and this dates back years they always say why doesn't he come to net more and 
you know, every time he does that, he seems to get passed, or Rafa seems to have just the right game plan for him there. So it's going to, like you said, I think test the, the mental sort of wherewithal of him in this matchup that's really, I think, had left some scar tissue in the past there. And another thing about Federer and Nadal and, and how he views this rivalry to me is, you know, I think back to the 08, the, actually the Australian Open in 2008 where Federer had that famous quote about um, kind of it's become a monster, the expectations laid on him. And you saw that, you know, I think not only that the fans expected perfection at that point in his career, he still clearly expected to win everything in sight there. And when you listen to Roger, especially this past week or so, you've really seen him take the pressure off himself a bit. He's kind of been a little more deprecating about, you know, he makes more unforced errors than anybody. He said this in his interview with Courier after his match with Murray. Um, I think he's trying to put himself in the best position both mentally and, of course, tactically against Rafa because, you know, we've seen this so many times where we've kind of doubted Rafa, you know, maybe had some questions about him going into a match, and lo and behold, Rafa turns it around in an instant, and we look back and say, why don't we see that coming? Yeah, I think Federer is in a different place than he was. He doesn't have that pressure. He's playing extremely well, but I don't think he would feel like he's supposed to win this match. Nadal's number one. He had the amazing year last year, even with this blisters and his sort of mediocre play so far. I think Federer still, no one would come in saying that Federer is like is the clear-cut favorite, and I don't think Federer would see himself that way. Um so, except you know, the only person might be Rafa who would say that. So, um, yeah, it's a different psychological um, situation. We've said that before. This bad rivalry has been going on seemingly forever, and it rarely changes. Nadal usually wins. So, so um, you know, this we'll see. It will be a big change if Federer can could pull this out. But we just saw the same thing with Vavrinka and Djokovic. So, and that was a huge sort of shift that. We may have wondered what would have ever happened. Do you want to reserve your judgment until it's not 3 a.m. in Melbourne, or do you want to make a call right now? Um, I guess, well, I haven't been sure about Federer so far, but I'm going to keep being cautious and pick pick the standard traditional pick and, and, and pick Nadal in this match. Okay. Well, um... As I've alluded to, I'll let you get some rest. Thank you for catching up after uh, lively quarterfinals and obviously some good semifinals coming up. So we will have, of course, coverage of all that on Tennis.com. And we'll be back with another podcast later this week with Steve and I. Uh, Thanks for listening. Tennis.com. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. Thank you.